how does a top 1% producer nurture their leads? We're going to talk about that today. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And today we have a returning guest, Ben Lalas from the Ben Lalas team here in Chicago with Compass. And this is a really exciting episode because not only is Ben going to tell you exactly how his team nurtures leads, and by the way, they have just in the last several years closed $335 million in real estate, but also he, I went to his office to shoot this. So if you're listening to us, check out the video version because Ben's team professionally shot and edited this and it looks amazing, way better than anything we could do. So I want to thank Ben for you know really taking some initiative and helping us look look even better uh, than we normally do, which is not very good. But Ben's team did an outstanding job and he provides so much value in this conversation that you're going to love it. Um, so without further ado, let's just get right to it. My second conversation with one of my favorite people in real estate, Ben Lalas. Today on the show, we have Ben Lalas from the Ben Lalas team uh, here in Chicago. Ben's actually been on the show before, and if I sound in uh, a little different, and if I look a little different, it's because I'm actually in Ben's amazing Bucktown office, um, and he so generously invited me uh, to come along. I'm excited to see you Welcome. again. Yeah. Let's, let me tell you a little bit more about Ben. We'll keep it short because we have a lot to sort of talk about. But Ben really started as a general contractor. He went full-time in real estate in 2019. And I want you to pay attention to these numbers because in 2017, he did $4 million in production. In 2018, $14 million. So a $10 million jump in just one year. The next year, he did $24 million, another $10 million jump. And in the trailing 12 months, Ben Lala's team has closed $165 million in production. Um, and it's it just incredible. There's 45,000 real estate agents here in the Chicagoland area. I've yet to see somebody quite grow so quickly 
uh, and build a team as fast as Ben has. He is a household name here in Chicago amongst agents. Um, but Ben and his team pride themselves on thinking and dreaming big and never getting out hustled. Uh, to learn more about Ben and his team, please visit benlalez.com. That's B-E-N-L-A-L-E-Z.com. Ben, it is a real pleasure to be here in your office. It, it's almost like I didn't provide all of those stats to you, the way you made it sound. But. I, um, my crack team of, well, it would be, I was going to say researchers, but it was you who sent <laughs> us this information. But really, you are all, I, I am on the Chicago Association of Realtors, which is our local association. I'm on our YPN committee, which is for Young Professional Network, which is ironic because I am 46. I am, I shouldn't technically be allowed to be on there. Still look good. <laughs> thank you. Best hair but, in the game. Thank you. Uh, but what's funny is every year what we do at YPN, and, and Ben knows this because he's been to many of these events, is we have uh, these these breakfasts where we bring in top producers. And so we have to plan these as, an or, as a committee. And your name has come up. I've been in the committee two years. My third year will be this next year. Your name will come up again every meeting next year. It came up every meeting this year because of the explosive growth. People don't understand it. Uh, other agents are are inspired slash jealous uh, of this. It's really, really cool to be here and to, to have your attention because you, you are, um, I, I don't want to say even a rising star because you're obviously already one of the top producers here in Chicago, but the fact that you rose so quickly is just, I, I've yet to see it and uh, in anyone else. So congratulations on the team's success. Man, I didn't expect so much flattery right out of the gates, but... You know, we appreciate it. It's, you know, there's no secrets, as you know, just hard work. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, we, you've been on the show before. Um, yep. And this was, it was so funny because after we got done talking, um, Ben had sort of shared with me. He said, um, he said, we're really ready to take this to the next level. And I said, okay, you know, and, and, and I, but, you know, most people will say that, right? Like that's a very common thing that people who own businesses or who have a, a team in real estate will say, hey, we're, we're poised to go to the next level. And not everyone does. And then you just legitimately went to that next level, just as you said you would in the time frame you said you would. And I want to know all about how you went from being an individual producer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and look, it's not like you work at a little small company where they just decided, you know what, everyone's going to work with Ben because he's the he's the top sales guy in our office. You work for one of the top, um, you know, producing companies in the industry, Compass. Um, you know, you are, for lack of a better word, a, a cog in this wheel of Compass. No it's doubt. an impressive wheel, but and you are an impressive cog in that wheel. But you're also one of thousands of agents here, and yet you have risen even to the top of Compass here in the local market. Tell us, uh, I mean, I just, I just love hearing how people do that. So yeah. share with me. What's really interesting is when we first did this podcast, it was in 2020, right before COVID or late 2019. Right. And no, it was right when I moved over to Compass. So I think it was probably February of 2020. 19. 2020. Oh, right before. Yeah. So yeah. we had our 2019 numbers. They were out. Yeah. And I was sitting, you know, on this podcast at my single desk at the Compass office. Sure. And, you know, I was just happy to be on the podcast. You guys had reached out to me and I'm like, oh yeah, my God, yeah. this is unbelievable. And I didn't know, you know, we didn't talk about what the title of the podcast would be, but I, you know, I remember it. There's no chance. There's no way you remember I it. I don't. It was, um, four to 24 million. Yeah. That sounds right. In yeah. two years. Yeah. And, you know, now we've gone from 24 to 165 in another three years. 
And to answer your question, and like for anyone who's listening, it's all about, I mean, it's leads and sales, right? right? And throughout my entire career, you know, even when I was doing 4 million, 14, whatever the numbers were, my whole philosophy has been, um, you know, grow organically, whatever feels normal for me, and then make the necessary changes. If it feels right, just to head in that direction. So what happened with me and, you know, growth doesn't happen by accident, right? There was a game plan. But what I always tell people is, you know, you're only as good as your sales, you're only as good as your leads. So every time we, you know, I personally had too much business to handle, what do you do? You bring on another agent. And then when us three had too much business to handle, you hire another agent and so on and so forth. And, you know, now we have, you know, a large team. It's one of the largest in Chicago, but it's only because we have enough business to go around. There are teams out there who are hiring for ego, in my opinion. Um, this has nothing to do with that. We're hiring out of, I only hire out of need. Sebastian is sitting right to our left, hired out of need. Our second videographer hired out of need. We have two ISAs. Um, do you get where I'm going with this? Yes. Hi hired out of need, but it is only because we have enough to go around and all of these people are necessary to keep, you know, the boat afloat, if you will. Well, it's funny because I, you hear so much about 10X uh, or, or, or 3X, 5X, you know, depending on, on how much you pay attention to things like valuation and, and, and growth. And uh, a lot of it's, you know, for lack of a better word, marketing sort of smoke and mirrors BS. And it's the promise of something that rarely ever happens. Businesses usually don't 10X. Uh, I mean, it's certainly possible, but you sort of have done that. And and, and I don't know what the actual X is. But From it's, 14 to 165, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, pretty in significant. Four years, yeah. Yeah, in four years. So you've actually done that. So it's not just like, hey, we've just organically grown. I mean, yes, you have, but you've organically grown in a way that that's almost exponential. And that to me is, is interesting. And yes, of course it's leads and business. Um, everything is leads in business when it comes to growth. Uh, but um, how were you able to accelerate it so mm -hmm. much? Nothing was handed to you. No. And that's the other thing that's really important because a lot of times when people get to certain levels of production, Things do start to happen for them. Things are handed to them. Yep. Um, but that really wasn't your path. No, so I'll answer this two ways. One, people have to, this is my fourth business that, you know, I think of it as a business now, right? I'm not just a real estate agent. This is a business that, you know, I've cultivated. I had a business in college. I was a general contractor. I was a property manager. Um, you know, this is now what I consider my fourth business. What you, what I've learned along the way is, I mean, the most cliche thing ever. You have to spend money to make this kind of money. Um, I mean, you'd be shocked if I showed you what my expense ratio is. You'd sure. be absolutely shocked, but you have to be very, very on top of your numbers. So on the one hand, I, I think a huge part of this is I'm thinking about it a little bit differently, where people don't come into the business understanding that this had, you know, I'm a company, we are Ben Lala's LLC, we're established, we have, you know, expense reports, we have P&Ls, and the average agent listening to this, I would imagine that's not how they're entering, right? Sure. I have the benefit of other businesses that either I shut down or have frankly failed, and you learn from them. The second way I would answer is this, I mean, you're, you're a perfect example, DJ. Right before this podcast started, your, I think your watch lit up and you got an a alert. lead, yeah. an alert, right? And how, I mean, 
your eyes lit up. So, so yeah, just to peel back the curtain. So I recruit agents, um, and I got a lead uh, from one of our web. Somebody visited our website, said, "Hey, I'm thinking about joining your company." I was beside myself for a moment that I couldn't immediately respond to that. Do we lead. have it on camera? I think we have it on camera, <laughs> and this is where we insert it right here, if yeah. possible. Where he looked at his watch and he was like, "Oh, I was like, oh no, we got to start. Time. I got to leave." Yeah. So you know, however many years in. You know, yeah. if we get a lead via any channel, I'm getting the same notification. And at, you know, if it's a fit here today, $13,000 parking spot, right? Come, you know, someone wants to buy a $13,000 parking okay. spot. I am making sure that whoever it's getting assigned to is, you know, actually taking care of this client. It may not be the sexiest thing in the world. We know it's not, but you never know where it's going to lead. So every single lead, no matter how attractive or unattractive gets handled the exact, exact same way. And I think that's a huge part of this is what is that way? It's our system. It's the, you know, it's cheesy as hell, like the Ben Lala's way. I've taught it to 22 people now. Lead comes in, you do A, B, C, D, E, and the system we use Salesforce. Like it's going to tell you exactly what to do and when, and just do it. And if you continue to do it over and over and over, and we have a, you know, a funny saying, like a lead isn't dead until they- Tell you to screw off. Or, yeah, 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 until they tell you to F off is what yeah. we say. Yeah. And, um, and we have it for you know, 365 days is our policy. Sure. Where I, wanna, I want proof that you were talking to a wall for 365 right. days, and then cool, let's kill it. Like right. let's kill the lead and then you move on. But how many agents do you know that don't follow up on a lead? So I, I used to work, before I got into real estate, uh, I worked for a, a tech company that generated health insurance leads for health insurance agents. Yep. So um, we were, at the time, the company I worked at, we were producing about 15,000 leads a day. Um, and then we were selling them to, to agents all over the country. And so one of my jobs was to help educate the lead buyer um, about because of course, as a company, we want them to keep buying leads, so we have to teach them how to work these leads. Yep. We we had millions of leads. Uh, we had millions of, of leads that we could go through our data and, and look through our servers, and actually, we had a CRM that was that would come mm -hmm. with it. Now, not everyone used our CRM, but for people who did use our CRM, we were able to take a look at that data and see how quickly an agent would drop a lead, and it was. Shocking. So what we found was that the average consumer, when they need to buy health insurance, it would take them about 13 days before they'd actually make a buying decision. It's kind of complicated. You got to call your doctors. Are you in network with this? Blah blah. You know, it's it's not quite as simple as 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 other types of services. So it takes a couple of weeks. So, but the buying decision happens on day 13 on average. Most of our buyers would give up by day three. So, the buyers of the leads. Of the leads. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. the agents would they would buy these leads. They would you know, they would call you know maybe they'd call ten times in three days. They'd give up. Person's not interested. They'd move on. We found well that person actually about a, a, another week from now is really going to make that decision. Yep. So I, I think we're you know we're sort of saying the same thing. Speaking the ex exact same language, and you know a lot of it is you know for the first six months you know, me or one of our sales managers is looking at every single lead and we wanna see that something was logged every single day. We have like a whole process for how often before you get to recategorize them. Sure. And we just, you know, this is what I discovered from four to 14 and 14 to 23 million. Okay, this works. And then we just duplicated and poured gasoline on it and spent more money. And, you know, 
people who are listening who are spending money on, I don't care what lead avenue, like even agents on my team, follow up two, three times. If it doesn't pay right away, they move on. And we have ways to make sure, like I'm notified when that occurs and we track conversion ratios pretty intensely here. So you get a lead, you know, we expect a certain conver a conversion ratio on that lead for, you know, the year. And just do it over and over and over and over again until you want to rip your hair out. You know, it, it's really funny. I was dry, right, right down the street here, because um, our offices are pretty close to each other. I, I drive by this, this guy, he's got a billboard. And this is such a perfect example of follow-up, although it's going to be in, in the, I mean, we're going to have to, you're going to have to make a little bit of a mental leap here to, to get, to sort of get I'll this. I'll try but, my best, DJ. <laughs> well, it's more for the audience, because I, I, oh. you, you and I live here, so you, you might have even seen it. There's this guy, he's got a ski cap, and, and he's got a billboard, and he's, he kind of doesn't look like a celebrity, and his, I guess his name is Tim, and it says Timcast. And which would lead me to think he has a podcast, his name's Tim. That's about all I know. And that's all that it says. And it says weeknights from seven to eight, everywhere podcasts are streamed. And he's got these billboards. And I go, well, that's unusual. I've never seen a podcast like that here in Chicago with a billboard. And, it, and I thought, oh, maybe he's trying it for a month. God, God only knows what it costs. And now it's a second month. And so finally I was like, just because I drove by it every single day, I'm like, I want to check out what this guy is. Now, it turns out it, he's, it's a political show and it's not really my cup of tea at all, but I checked it out because he was, in a way, following up with me. By, I was seeing his face every day for about two months, and finally I was like, i got to figure out who this guy is. And, and, and again, that's not a, a perfect no, metaphor. No, this is, uh, no, this is perfect. But, and but it's all about repetition and it's about layering you're layering these touch points yeah. so i'm sure he was trying to get on some other your linkedin news feed, oh your for Facebook. sure he was yeah. trying he's not just doing billboards i just happen to drive by it every day but for agents who are listening i mean you have this is the the wonder of technology i mean there's a lot of things that that we could argue with in particular social media that maybe divide us and, and make us less happy but from a business perspective what a great opportunity to stay in touch with your contacts, know what they're up to, know where they're going on vacation, and being able to comment on things outside of real estate as a way, as a, as a touch point, versus just, hey, are you ready to buy or sell? Um, you have all this opportunity. Information is just, people just give away their lives online. And so you now have reasons to contact them and, uh, and talk about it. And I'm curious for you, how often, or what is, so you have some, you know, lead comes in, mm -hmm. you have them at least set up for 365, 365 yep. days of contact. Yeah. What do you usually find is, is what is the usually time to, yeah. how long does it take before they actually become a client? Yeah, so I'll kind of just give it away because I mean, no one's actually gonna implement it. So lead comes in, everyone knows speed to lead. You need to contact them yeah. in the first, you know, we wanna do it in the first 30 seconds, sure. you know, whatever. Once, you know, hopefully best case scenario, they become a client and you're interacting every single day and you know, you guys live happily ever after you sell them a home. But if that doesn't occur, what we want is four touch points the first day. And if they're complete silence or not interacting, you put them on the shelf for three days. Got they it. come back, you hit them four more times and this is all logged. If you can't get them to engage, you put them on the shelf for a week. They come back, you know, the system tells you it's time to reach out to DJ again. Right. Hit them four more times. So one, at that seven day mark, one week mark. You have a better sense of where they're at. Yeah. And then, you know, I let them put them on the shelf for a month. They come back, you hit them four more times. Put them on the shelf for three months. They come back, hit them four more times. Put them on the shelf for six months. 
and then you know hit them four more times and then after you aggregate all of that time that was a year they hit they come back after six months you know you try again you try to get them to engage and we you know we can talk about exactly how we go about that but you know after that a lot of this is like okay you can feel good about how much effort you put in so that's four times i don't even know i think it's eight so it's like 32 attempts to get someone to engage with you i feel like that's enough don't you yeah our numbers prove it it is enough it is enough, and but it's getting to that 32, right? That that most people aren't... Well, it's not that they're not willing to. They don't have a system that would tell them you're now at step 17, and you're halfway through the process, and you're at six months. This is totally normal. This person's blowing you off. Totally normal. It's okay. It's yep. part of the process. It takes the emotion out of it. Yep. It's I'm just running the program, essentially. So here's one of the biggest challenges I hear from agents across... I mean, the city, country, et cetera, is you can always do more. Your work is never done. People don't know when their day is done. Mm. So the system that we have, you know, I just told you about how people cycle through. So you have top priority clients, you put them on the shelf, they're ignored, and then they become top priority clients again after X period of time. That's how the system is set up. It's actually really stupid, really simple. Sure. I, you know, so some people, like brand new, maybe only have 10 top priority clients. Joey Halperin on my team, for example, yeah. he probably has 60 top priority clients, and that means that they need some form of contact today, right? So it's obviously gonna take Joey a lot longer than a, you know, a brand new agent, but for both of them, it's the same philosophy. After you get done with your top priority clients, your day is finished. It's done. And that's like a really big unlock in a lot of my wow. agents' heads where I'm like, go to the gym. Like, yeah. Go on, go take your you know, significant other out. Like, go do whatever makes you happy. Let me handle the leads. Let me handle the infrastructure. Let me handle your transaction management. Let me handle your social media. Your day is done, right? You may want to work on some other aspect of your business plan, be it marketing. You know, we have a lot of like where we're sitting if you like look at our videos, like we do a ton of our video here. Yeah. So people just literally funnel in and out of that door. We handle it, we post it for you, et cetera. But that's like the, that's how this was built. I want, you know, I wanted to know when my day was done. Yeah. And it was impossible because follow up is theoretically never ending. Right. Like you could prospect 24 hours a day, theoretically. But, you know, we developed a way to, you know, you know, it was through a lot of trial and error, do this. And you're done. You know, we talk about competition, especially around around lead generation. So, you know, we, we all get emails from, you know, these unknown services that are promising Facebook leads, yep. um, you know, or you can go the more traditional route with Realtor.com, Zillow, et cetera. Um, and then there's, of course, you know, referrals from existing clients. Um, what, what have you found to be, because Everyone else I talk to who has not grown, I've never met anyone who's quite had the, the growth that you've had. So um, everyone else I talk to has grown strictly organically. Mm. But when you talked about pouring gas on the fire, yep. you're talking about investing into the business, yep. finding, finding those people that raise their hand mm -hmm. and say, I want to talk to a realtor. And, and I'm, what I'm curious about is what does the competition look like? Meaning understanding that the person who fills out a lead form and, and go, gets sent your way good chance that they might have filled out a lead form and are also talking to another oh, agent. Yeah. Come on. So, yeah. of course, right? So, how do you, 
is is it as competitive as somebody who isn't participating in this sort of space, or is it less competitive than no, you think? No, it's way less competitive, especially we'll call it at this level where we are train like we are training every single day about how to go about you know X, Y, and Z scenarios, so that yeah. when there's another agent, we have to assume we assume that there's another agent in the picture. Sure. So like we preach. You know, if you're going to meet someone for the first time, at some point you need to ask them for their business. Right. You know, it's not just, all right, nice to meet you. Yeah. No, like our line, right, is, and we call it, uh, we call it like the stoop talk after the first showing is, hey, DJ, has anyone ever actually walked you through the home buying process here in Chicago? And the answer to that is almost always no. Especially, so, especially yeah. with a, a lead, like a right. cold lead off of Zillow, Realtor.com. Yeah. Like, face whatever yeah definitely a no yeah yeah no? oh no oh well do you have a couple minutes for us to you know run through it perfect i love it so what we see happen is like this sigh of relief like oh thank god yeah. someone like a human being is actually going to spend the time to walk me through it but hey dj okay step one is finding a real estate agent someone like me to walk you through everything a to z so if everything works out i'd love to be that guy for you Step 1A, we need to introduce you to a lender. I assume you don't have $500,000 sitting under a mattress. This is a recording. So like literally, like we have a recording yeah. and everyone needs to repeat A to Z sure. verbatim the way I say it. Right, because it's your team. Yeah. And then once you have it polished, you can put your spin on it. I right. don't really care. But like that needs, we need to get to that. We call it the stoop talk, the right hook. You need to tell them like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do for you. But a lot of people they like don't have, you know, a lead starts with a call or a click or whatever, but there's probably 40 steps to actually, you know, converting this client into a, I'm sorry, converting this lead into an actual client. And we have every single tiny little step formalized, systemized. There's no guessing anymore. And it's like what I, it's essentially what I did to go from zero to 14 and then we just copied it. There's agents on the team right now. I think we have four or five agents doing, you know, 10 plus million. It's amazing. And some of them have, you should probably be interviewing them. They're yeah. going from like zero to 10 in 12 months. That's incredible. We have agents who like got their license and are doing 7 million in their first year. I'm talking about, you know, Mara, if you look on our, our website, now all the recruiters are going to go after her, but. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it, it really is impressive. It's, it's, I found in pretty much every area of life, not just specifically to being a successful real estate agent, but it's discipline and systems, it's consistency, and it's about the marathon, right? Like it's just understanding that, that this is the process and it takes, uh, it, it, I, think, I think being reactive takes a huge emotional toll. It, it, it wears me out when I'm, when I'm reactive, uh, and, and I know that realtors have to really figure out the balance of being uh, proactive versus reactive because things are flying at them all day long. Oh yeah. Emails, texts, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and trying to figure out how to bat that stuff away um, and, 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 you know, service the client at the same time, um, also understanding how do I get this back into this process? How do I just keep this process going? Um, to me, uh, processes, it, it's funny, I think most, back to your, your point about asking for business, I think most people 
don't have any scripts at all, quite mm. honestly. And, and now uh, the people I interview on, on this show, yes, they are people that are, that they, they, they know their pitch, they know how to present, um, they're successful, like people like yourself, of course. But for our listeners, if you don't have an elevator pitch, like locked and loaded, a 20 second, this is what I do, this is how I can be helpful, and then here's how to get to the next step. Oh, if, if you want to give me your, your email and phone number, I can send you some more information, or whatever the next step might be. If you don't have that ready and locked, like you're going to just miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I think most people don't even have that. I want to play a game. I was actually looking to see if anyone was here. Yeah. Where you, I want to like pull in one of my agents, and uh-huh. you just hit them with, you know, a common sales objection. Sure. And, you know, that person and I would say the exact same words to you, at the exact same speed, yeah. and the exact same tone, and that's you know twenty two deep. You know, we have four newer agents, and sure. you know, we're still teaching them, but the other eighteen will say the exact same stuff to you. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want people to think too hard. This business isn't rocket science. The, what I continue to tell these agents who I'm sending out on appointments is whoever you're meeting is, they got really lucky that it's you. Yeah. Right? As opposed to someone who has absolutely no idea what they're doing. You have a ton of infrastructure behind you. There's absolute, even if you don't know the question in real time, I'm sorry, you don't know the answer to the question in, the, in real time. I guarantee someone here knows and you can acquire that information in under five minutes, right? So, I mean, that's a huge part of this and a huge part of, I think, our value proposition under this roof is like you, you skip four years. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the U.S., uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, yeah. Yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with follow-up boss. And now back to our episode. Yeah, and and the team teams have have I believe recruiting for realtors is it's all going to be teams in the next, you know, it's already pretty much is, but it's certainly trending that way. And teams are just becoming more and more important because to the client, there's there's an obvious value proposition there that, that makes sense. Uh, to the agent, there's an obvious value proposition there because you get the experience, like you were just saying, and the support and the wisdom of the team uh, collectively. Um, and I think, you know, is is this? Do you think this is the death knell of the individual agent? Is the is the individual agent on their way out? 
I don't, I personally, I personally don't think so. I think if you're a good solo agent, I, I think you can still sell your value proposition. Like, Hey, you're only dealing with me. Mm-hmm. Every phone call, every text, yeah. the lender, everything is going to go through me and I got you. And it all depends if that's what the consumer wants. Now, something for sure that we know, you know, after doing this for enough time is to get to call it 50 closed clients, it's going to take you a whole hell of a lot longer to get there. Something that we talk about is dollar per hour. I mean, ad nauseum, like that's all we talk about. And that's what I'm trying to do is like, yeah, you may on those, your first 20 humans that you close, you may make less money, but you got to those 20 probably four or five times faster than you ever would. And those 20 are, you know, at least here, those 20 are yours. Right. So you, you know, for the rest of your career, those 20, you can jump to, you know, your company, like right. those 20 are yours. And that's, I think somewhere around 50 or 75 closings is enough to, you know, perpetuate an entire career. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, nurture those people correctly. It's a really good point. Um, yeah, it, it is funny. I, I love hearing those those stories too, where it's like, I built my whole career off of 10 people or 20 people. And, and yeah, absolutely. And, but if you, if you want to, if you want to grow beyond that, that's where you got to start in reinvesting. And what's been your experience with, with lead providers? I'm curious mm-hmm. on, on, have you found lead quality going up, down, staying consistent? You know, what, what, what have you found? Are we familiar with the Zillow Flex program mm-hmm. before we jump in here? So let me, let me just explain to the audience what we're talking about. So Zillow Flex program is basically, uh, so Op City uh, came onto the scene and as a counter uh, to what Zillow was doing at the time where Zillow was just selling leads directly to agents, price per lead kind of scenario. You know, if somebody raises their hand, they want to talk to an agent, that's going to be a certain amount of money. Uh, OpCity comes along and says, we're going to give you the lead free up front and you're going to pay for it on the back end. So free up front and then we're going to take, so Zillow says, okay, we're going to try that as well. That's the Zillow live transfer. So it's not available in every market, um, only in, actually only in a few markets at this point, I believe. Um, but leads free up front, pay at closing. Yes. So, you know, we can just be, yeah. I'll, I'll peel the curtain back. So. Uh, in 2019, 2020, I was spending about 20 G's, 20 grand a month on Zillow leads paid up front. Sure. And we were getting something like 35 live transfers. So there's calls versus uh, nurture leads, which are frankly garbage. So of those 35, you know, we were making good enough money. I was like, you know, we were spreading, you know, spreading these leads around. And they came and knocked on our door and they were like, hey, like we want you to spend more money. I'm like, get out of here. I'm spending 20 grand a month. Like, leave me alone. Isn't that enough for you? Right. They should erect a statue to of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, there are people who are, who were spending way more. Oh, sure. So they were like, hey, we think you'd be a good candidate for this program. Yeah. And I listened, and I was really, you know, very scared about it because what I was doing was working objectively. You know, I was tracking ROI as crazily as anyone you've ever met. I sure. wanted to make sure that this $20,000 a month made yeah. sense. Yeah. Go figure, right? Yeah. So we decided to, you know, do it and our, you know, connection volume that 35 didn't go up right away, but you know, I wasn't paying for it up front. I was like, okay, this feels good. 
fast forward, we're only on it for, you know, we've only been on it for 15, 16 months. We get 165 of those live transfers um, a month. Wow. Um, has our call quality gone down? Has our lead quality gone down with Zillow, who is, I mean, right. that's our bread and butter. We have, sure. you know, I mean, 50% of that 165 is, nah, not really. Probably 35% of that 165 is from Zillow leads. Sure. Um, has the quality gone down in the last three, four, five months? Yes, but I don't think it has anything to do with Zillow or any other lead provider. I think the buyer quality has gone down dramatically. The people who were most serious all did what they needed to do in 21 and early part of 22. Sure. Now you have these people who are just like these wet noodles. Like, oh, I didn't, you know, interest rates were too low. There was too much competition. Oh, interest rates are too high. Like, why aren't, why aren't these properties moving? So I think it's more about the consumer, like consumer dynamics have changed. Yeah. Not necessarily, I think Zillow is and Realtor, I think they're probably doing the same thing they've always done. Sure. The, I think a just as interesting a question is, um, what is Zillow doing with market-based pricing versus uh, Zillow Flex? And um, that's all conjecture, but you know, right now we're not feeling the burden quite as much as others that you know I've spoken yeah. to. Yeah, no, and, and it all, it, it, the reason I was asking that question was, was only because I know your systems are, are they're flexible, but they're also pretty well established. Tight. So I was curious if, if you found in any change with interest rates, of course, changing, um, inventory has changed. Um, what are what are the biggest challenges your team's facing right now? Like, what are you guys dealing with? Absolutely no doubt about it. It's so we are still 75% buyers. Buyers are flimsier. They aren't as serious. They aren't like once they go under contract, like way more are falling out and not having anything to do with the property. They just get cold feet. They just like, oh, I, you know, they're coming up with any excuse you really? could imagine um, to fall out. And I think the biggest thing is, is so we're across all our lead sources, our conversion ratio is still about the same, but the time it takes to get someone across that finish line, you heard me talk about dollar per hour. Yeah. Dollar per hour is going way down. So it's taking, whereas it may take 30 hours from call to going under contract, like, and you know, what we've become, you know, used to, I think that 30 hours has become 70 hours. Wow. So, I mean, in a very real way, you're making half the money. Right. And, you know, that's, what, these things, like, they're not, I, they weren't intuitive to me when I first came sure, into the business. Sure, sure. Like, but that's how, you know, we're, we're training people how to think. DJ, let me ask you a question. Let's yes. turn the tables. Please. What's your dollar per hour? If you are sitting at home. Yeah. And you're, do, you're doing something that you love. You're, I, right. you're playing tennis, you're working whatever. out, whatever, yeah. whatever the case is. You're relaxing. How much does it cost to have you stop and come do whatever I ask you to do? For one hour. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I truthfully don't know. Yeah, like, and it's not, it's not a really easy question. Like, no. Um, but it's an important one. Yeah, so, and there's a couple ways that I have my people think about it. And that's, like, just because you may not make, you know, your $200 an hour right there. Right. What 
is the potential of that hour. Exactly. Right? right. So for me, like I have to see a path to somewhere around a thousand dollars an hour for me to take on a new client, for me to do this, right. for example. Sure. There needs to be a path to a thousand dollars. It may not happen right now, but it could definitely happen in the future. And why? Because especially in the brokerage business, if I'm going to take on four clients or I'm going to take on 10 meetings with leads, 10 appointments, that's at least 10 hours. But we know that only one and a half of them are going to transact. Right. So if you're not, you know, if you don't value your time at quite enough, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Right. So, I mean, for all those listener, listeners out there, like, what is your dollar per hour? Like JP, who was sitting out here before, he's like, man, I have no idea. Like, 20 bucks? I'm like, okay. And now he's up to, you know, 200. He needs to see a path to $200 an hour because it's probably going to shake out to one, 125 or something after it's all said and done. And 125 an hour is not a, it's not a bad living. Not, no, it's a, it's a fantastic living. Um, I, I think that's just, sure. It's good. I think this is really interesting. Yeah, it's more team lead stuff than, you know, I don't know who your primary, who's your I mean, our audience are, are, are people want to hear how you do it, so. This is how. I mean, you're, you're you know, you're given the recipe. I think it's. Um, no one's going to follow it. You know, it's so funny. Um, I, when I, when I first arrived in Chicago in 2001, I worked at Morgan Stanley for, for many years. And the top uh, financial advisor in the office um, he would say the same thing. He would go, I'm gonna tell you guys exactly what I do and exactly how I've become you know, the number one guy and none of you are gonna do it. <laughs> and he's like, you can all do it, but none of you are gonna do it. Yeah. And, uh, or he's like, one of you will do it or something. And he was absolutely right. I'm a Gary V guy. Are you a yeah, Gary, Gary V? Yeah, Gary sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he says the exact same thing. Like, yeah. you know, one out of a thousand people will actually. I, honestly, you've seen all my video. It's because of Gary B. I'm like, yeah. fuck it, fine, I'll I'll do it. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. the it's the same thing. Like, the, the agents on my team, I'm giving you a. You should go start your own team for and make a you know do a 165. Are are, are you are you always shocked that like there isn't don't. other people like you doing it? Like, aren't you like, how's nobody else? No, I'm not surprised anymore. Oh yeah. And you know what's really interesting, man? I'm having like this weird moment sitting here with you where I still felt really really green when we first did our interview uh -huh. and like, you know, I was like, I felt like I was faking it. Oh, okay. In 2020 when we did our interview. Uh -huh. And now I'm just like, man, like, you know, I, I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. And you why, really? and why no one else is doing it is, has become more and more and more shocking. And I, I think I've figured out some of it. Why? Not everyone wants to yeah. and can lead primarily. Well, that's true. It's a different skill set. Um, it's actually a totally different skill set because you have to be a, uh, you have to do systems, you have to manage, you have to hire. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not typically, it's not typically the same skills that would make you a successful individual agent. Yeah. So you you have to come at it from like this completely completely different perspective, which I think we led with is this is a company. We have a marketing department, we have a sales department, yeah. we have a transactions yeah, department, a company. we have an IT department. And even on an agent level, like a solo agent level, it's the same thing. You are the marketing department, you are the sales department. You need to get big enough 
to outsource yeah. marketing, outsource, I outsource sales. Do you see yourself more as, uh, as a manager or as a, or as a team coach. leader or as a coach? Yeah, you're a coach. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's your definition, you're, I'm a coach. Yeah, I'm a coach and I'm also a, a, a business owner, but if I'm being, again, completely honest and it's, you know, I told myself that I would just, you know, open book. I'm interested in outsourcing coaching as well. Sure. I want to outsource everything, period. Um, as long as the coach is as good as me or better, I'm still providing value to my agents. Right. Right. And if that person is not also, you know, doing all sorts of things, right? Yeah. I'm unavailable right now. If that coach is available 24 seven, it's probably a better situation for sure. the agents on my team. Where do you get the most satisfaction? Ooh, wow. What is like, what do you enjoy the most about? Do you, do you, do you, yeah. do you like being in personal production even though you don't mm -hmm. do that anymore? No, no. Okay. no. What's your it, favorite thing? Um, so I, I'm going to reframe your question for yeah. the way my brain works. Yeah. It's like when, like when and how do I get into flow? Yeah. And for me, it's like when I'm creating a new system. You like, yeah, you like systems. Okay. Yeah. Um, taking something that isn't working correctly, finding that software that, or hardware or whatever mm -hmm. that will make it work, building out the system in order to implement it, that's what is most interesting to my weird brain. Got it. Yeah. How did you, how did you, and you were in real estate, you were a GC. Yeah. But how did you, how did you decide to, did you just, was real estate more of an entrepreneurial path or were you, were you more about like, some people have that in them where they just, they just see real estate and it becomes their yeah, life. No, it's, um, I, it kind of goes back to something we spoke about earlier, which just or like what felt organic. So I'll tell you a story in 2019 when I went full time, I had like the biggest general contracting job that. I ever like I couldn't believe that I had won it and I had baked in so much more juice into the pricing than I ever have because dollar per hour and I didn't I wasn't enjoying it every time someone called me like yeah you tense up a little yeah and I'm like well that doesn't happen with the real estate brokering side and I turned down I mean I would have made 150 grand on that one job alone and I picked up the phone I'm like hey I don't even remember the guy's name I'm like hey I'm so sorry but like my heart just isn't in this job anymore. I'm afraid I'm gonna to have to decline. Thank you so much for the opportunity, whatever. And I didn't take on another job that day. And I you know, went full steam ahead because this felt right. Like making good money, I enjoy it. Um, at the time, you know, the people aspect was more interesting to me, kinda as you, you know, progress in this business. It's really difficult to like manage. I've, I've personally closed some somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 transactions. Like, I don't want to manage more than that. I can't manage more than 400 relationships. It's not in me. Right. Despite how, like, I may not be super tight with someone, right? But 400 was enough. But managing, you know, what's now 22 agents and some staff, I get a, a ton of, you know, a ton of joy from that. Yeah, I imagine it there's feels, it, right. you know, almost it feels almost like you're creating a legacy. I think, uh, you know, uh, of sorts. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that from an ego perspective, but you're actually building something that you have full control over the process, or, or a collaborative control over, I should say, 
um, you know, you're, you, the people, I, I know people on your team, they're, they're very happy, the, um, but I, this idea of skill building um, is really, really important to you. Um, skills and systems. Um, no doubt. You know, I, I think if, if every day, if I, if I woke up every day and I focused on a certain skill and I just spent 10 to 20 minutes developing a particular skill, uh, I feel like I feel like my career would be further along, but also how I could it be just, further along? DJ? Well, I just think I just think that it's something that we stop doing when we get into adulthood. We stop developing mm -hmm. skill, and I, I see it as a huge, huge problem. Um, and I, you know, there there are really important skills that one can, no matter what field you're in, um, if you can devote your life to skill. Uh, and service, boy, I mean, you're right, there just isn't that much competition. Because most people will end up getting comfortable and, and just continuing on. I think there's something to be said for, like, I'm relatively young for this volume, 34 yeah. years old. There's something to be said for the ability to take risks when you're younger, mm -hmm. and like, if it doesn't work out, whatever. Even as I sit here today, I'm way less likely to take a risk because things are working. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm pushing myself every day to try and do something bigger and crazier. And I, I kind of think of it as acquiring a new skill, doing something I haven't done yet and trying to make it work. And it gets more and more challenging every yeah. year that goes by. What's next for you? Where do you see uh, where do you see the team headed? I was having that conversation today, and I think the immediate next step, what feels right, because we do have lead overflow. You've heard me talk about it over and again. Is what feels natural is adding some more agents to support the existing, uh, you know, lead inflow, and then we see from there. That's it. Yeah, it's it's funny. I when I ask, I've asked a lot of my guests that over the years, like, okay, where, where do you where do you see? And they're like, just I'm just keep, gonna keep going, you know. And because you know they've built some sort of system or team or process, it works. And you know, it's just a, a matter of of juicing it up a little bit. So the the reason why it's such a mundane answer is I recognized early that. Every single thing that I do has to be built with scale in mind. Right. So everything that we have, kind of like what you have going on, yeah. it doesn't really make a huge difference right now. If it's we add one or 30 agents, the infrastructure is already built where it shouldn't be ultra burdensome. So um, the question is, like we talk about, a lot of this comes down to like what is next Forget about like what I want to do next. Like what is next yeah. for real estate? Yeah. And we talk about making sure that we're, Sebastian is still sitting right over there. So like what we talk about is making sure that we're first, whatever right. it is. Right. So we think we were, even though we're not the best at it, in Chicago, we were first to video. We were. Yeah. So right now, and everything that we do for video has scaled. So you take a look at me and you take a look at David Fields, Alex Bach, Joey Halperin, um, JP, Mer they all look exactly like me on all of their social channels because we built a machine, right? We right. have four editors overseas. 
whatever. So what is that next thing? So like we talk about being first in virtual, if we're definitely not first, but the first to like take it to Bob and Sally homeowner. Sure. Right. So what do you think it is? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I remember uh, years ago I was, I was fortunate enough to be at a birthday party in San Francisco with somebody who was at the time on the board of directors for, I'm going to say Guitar Center, but it could have been another company, I don't remember. But anyway, it was, he was also the CFO of, of like a like nerd wallet or or one of those companies jesus okay yeah big 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 deal tech finance guy and he really nice guy and and i i said oh i'm getting into real estate not as an individual producer but just as a business uh opportunity and he goes agents will not be needed in 10 years and um when was this again what's that when was this, this conversation was occurring? eight years ago Okay. Still two years for his prophecy to be fulfilled. Yeah. Okay. And he said, uh, agents are, are, are not necessary. And I, and I said, and at the time I thought, well, that, that, that makes logical sense because I'm not, I wasn't a realtor. I'm, I'm technically still, I am a realtor, but I'm, I've never practiced as a realtor. So I don't really understand what realtors do, but, but the, the, <laughs> I know how they talk and I have them on my shows and I have lots of them in our office, but I, I don't actually know the process embarrassingly enough. But I absolutely thought back then that he was right. I thought, you know, why can't this be? I've been through this process. We don't, we don't really need people. But I had, I had had enough distance from the actual buying and selling process as a consumer to sort of forget how challenging it is. And then just a couple of years ago, I, I bought again. And I went through the process, and now, now, now. So, the first time, I was in a tech space. I, I was in a tech job. I no experience with real estate. Now, you know, ten years into real estate, uh, seven hundred and fifty agents at our company. Um, you'd think I would have a better handle on things, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot how crazy and stressful. And I absolutely need help on this. And thank God, there's realtors out there to help me. Um, and it was for my own purchase, and and so uh, and so I he was wrong, um, thankfully, um, because the 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 challenge, um, I, I think he was right in, in in a lot of ways. And Zillow comes along and and basically says, okay, we're going to take all of the uh, the objective stuff, and we're going to take care of that for you. We 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 can pretty much handle a lot of a lot of the, uh, the facts and figures for you, companies like Zillow and, and other tech providers. And then you, Mr. and Mrs. Agent, can now come across and you're the interpersonal component. You're the person, you're the reason that, that you're gonna be able to handle people's emotional reactions, you're gonna be able to guide them through the process, and by the way, oh, this is one of the most stressful processes that a human being can go through. It's right up there with death, uh, <laughs> loss of a job, it is. It's from, a, from on a stress, uh, the psychological stress levels, moving and buying a home and Terrible. all of that, it's right up at the top um, with the most stressful events in someone's life. And that's the one part that can't be automated. Um, so he was wrong about that part of it and the significance of that. Um, that, that the emotional connection that people have to their homes and making a switch, we, we all obviously, all of us know. And that's the cool part about technology is technology can kind of take a lot of that mm -hmm. other stuff out of, uh, of uh, you know, your, uh, your to-do list. And then you now get to focus on, hey, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm with you. Um, 
And I think that's the coolest part about, about this industry is you get to help people make really good decisions. Your team obviously is, is doing that. Can you talk a little bit about, about that part of it? Like you guys have all these processes for, you know, converting a lead to, mm -hmm. to a client. But I'm curious on the interpersonal side, mm -hmm. like what are you guys doing to deepen those relationships? Because of course that's where the juice so is. So it's really funny. So for, I don't know, what, what I heard was like, if you have processes and systems, you can't have as deep an emotional connection with your clients. Is that what you said? Well, I, I don't believe that. I just think having those processes allow you to then oh, focus on then we're, deepening those then relationships. We're, then we're on exactly the same page yeah. where because we have so much of the BS handled, exactly. all we preach, I just want you to make sure that the end user, the, the buyer or seller has the best possible experience. And my, you know, the people here just have more time to actually do what they're best at. Yeah. I have like the people on my team, we, you know, I try to hire for EQ, for emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, we do like uh, a personality test. A before disc we, profile or whatever. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're an Enneagram team. Sure. But you know, that's, the, the agents on my team are better than me now. Like they are so much better at handling buyer seller emotions. They're probably better at value, like valuations. So, just by virtue of them having the time and then the skills that we're teaching them, we probably do too many trainings. Like that's also my job is like literally sitting in this room up on that screen um, and we go over exactly what to say and do in a whole variety of scenarios. We also spend a weird amount of time, DJ, essentially in a more or less group therapy. So we have a, uh, you know, a session in this room called Talk It Out where people just come yeah. in and bitch and like sure we listen and people bounce stuff off so that people recognize that yeah buyers and sellers are going through the toughest emotional situation that they can imagine and it's your job to help them navigate it yeah. and making sure that you know you're keeping things here because it's not healthy for you personally mm -hmm. it's also not healthy for your clients to have you at that same level as them your whole job is to stay even keel right. and making sure that that's said to our agents over and over and over and over again so that they can deliver. I mean, really what we're striving for is like a consistent level of service. Right. We have deals from hell. We have sure. shit that hits the fan. You know, we have a, I don't know, we have like a bad review or two because shit goes of sideways. Course. Right. But when you have stuff kind of all set up and already formalized for people, you know, we can spend time sitting here, like Claude is still over there working on the transactions. He's our transaction coordinator. You don't have to worry about that BS, you know? I, I think that's the real huge benefit of the team is that, you know, you, with a team, you can develop people in certain ways and you can develop them with their individual interests and talents. And I think that is you know, in, in real estate, realtor history has not really been uh, something that, that's been that prominent. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and you were saying um, some teams, you know, uh, grow for ego reasons, size, you know, hey, I've got 30 people on my team. And then, other, you know, teams are structured a million different ways. Other teams are, are like everyone's their own individual practitioner. So it's not even really, it's more like a company or more like a, a brokerage, brokerage yeah. uh, in that sense. And then other people are like, okay, I, I you know, these are my roles, 
but what I, I think teams can really help people do is, is, is not have to create and influence those systems that you've already established and, and can execute. Um, so it, it is really funny. One of my very first interviews I ever had with uh, on this podcast was a woman in the suburbs of Chicago. And she said, you can, she's like, you can give me anybody and I will, I will make them six figures by this time next year, but they have to do everything I say. She's like, I, I, she's like, I'm not, I'm not saying that as an ego thing. She's like, I legitimately know how to do this. And, 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 and you sort of have that same mentality. Yeah. Um, it, it's really pretty remarkable actually, because I know, and I know a lot of our listeners are, are you know, wake up every day going, what do I do today? Um, what should I be doing? Where should I be focusing my time? Oh my gosh, there's so many things coming at me. How do I proactively build my business? How do I respond to clients? Uh, you know, it's a lot. It, it really is a lot. And I think that's, we're going to see a flight to teams. We've already started to see it. This flight to teams, people like you who have these processes in place that are like, settle down. I got you. Yeah. I'm going to create the structure that you need and I'm going to walk you through this and you're going to have a wonder, you're going to actually have more freedom through the structure that I'm giving you. Yeah, it's interesting because I also see the way teams are run and we, you know, work hard, play hard is a cliche. Like there are teams that pride themselves on like no days off. Like Mm -hmm. we're the, I mean, exact, exact opposite. If you can make as, if you can make money at a high dollar per hour and service your clients appropriately, I want you to take as many days off as you can because our philosophy is work hard, like rest hard, recharge yeah. hard. But getting back to one of your other points, the way, and this is something I'm still kind of sussing out. So like there's 22 agents, Theor- like, and we're all sharing in some capacity, a transaction coordinator, videographer, mm-hmm. um, CRM. Like it's a co-op in some weird way. It is. Where instead of, hey, DJ, why don't you and I go hire an assistant together? It's like all kind of, handled already and like I'll go like and if we need a second transaction coordinator I'll go you know I'll I'll handle it if we need a fourth videographer like I'll go handle it and everyone on the team trusts that my hiring processes are also tight just like sure. every other system so I mean pretty like preaching of the choir here how yeah. tight are your hiring systems yeah pretty tight um, you know for us if I had if I had to wake up every day and try to figure out what I was supposed to do that day, I would be a mess. I would be, I, I probably would have, uh, I don't know that I would even be on this earth anymore. It would be so stressful because I have a lot of responsibilities and I've, you know, multiple companies you do as well. And, and this idea of, of having to, you know, create structure, it's the only way for me, uh, it allowed, what, what structure has done for me is allowed me to be more creative, oddly enough, mm-hmm. because when I, when I can, devote a specific amount of time to creativity being that if I can structure my creativity as crazy as that sounds it actually works much much better and I'm a creative person I don't want structure I don't like structure Mm. I don't like doing the same thing over and over and over and over again but it works for me and it works for probably most of us as well so I don't think it's it's just um, you know me being the 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 sort of artsy podcast guy I think most of us uh, in this industry could benefit from uh, from having a more salary style job, um, fortunately, you know you can join a team and have a similar experience. It's a hybrid experience. A hybrid right experience yeah. with a lot more income. Yeah, and 
I mean, that's what I'm trying to provide to these agents is high dollar per hour and flexibility. Um, some teams, like you can potentially make more money, no doubt, but they own your schedule. Like you do what I say, when I say it, et cetera. And I'm trying to toe this line and it's worked so far Yeah. where like, yeah, I'd like you to come to these trainings. They're not a hundred percent mandatory. Like you need to use my CRM. It's not like a hundred percent mandatory. Um, you don't have to tell me when you're going on vacation or anything like that. Um, but at some point, if you don't do things the way we say, right. it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cause problems for me, right? Because you're not producing at a level that we all, you know, expect. At the end of the day, it is a company, and you need to bring in money so that I can keep the lights on, not only for you, but for everybody, you know, for everybody else. I mean, really, I think what we're talking about is, is, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound pejorative because it isn't. Can we get a definition of pejorative for those? (laughs) Not not for me. I know what it means, but for for everyone else. It's, it's a, it's a fancy, uh, a fancy word for, or, for, you know, uh, like, uh, being, uh, uh, a slight to somebody or or being critical. Um, this is not a criticism at all. I I actually, you're not being pejorative. I am not being pejorative. Um, but, but it, it does sound what I'm about to say is this is business 101 and and that is not not to say that it's simple and easy it's not but it is important right so if you're treating this industry like a business you then have to figure out systems and you have to figure out processes and I think that's systems is really probably the best first place anyone should start is systematizing their business finding those repeatable tasks that are continually come up that they can automate so kind of like uh, boiling this down, I remember our conversation. You asked me something like, what is the most important thing you would tell yeah. an agent? And I think this is a good place to kind of wrap up. Sure. I'm leaving for Dallas tomorrow. But um, what I said last time was like CRM. Like if you don't have mm-hmm. a CRM, then what are you doing? Um, and interestingly enough, that hasn't changed. but. I personally think now, after I don't know how many more years and how many more additional sales, if you are in, what percentage of this business do you think is follow-up? Oh, gosh. Follow-up, I'm going to, I place a pretty high value on follow-up. I'm going to say 70% of the business is follow-up. That's that's exactly the number that we talk about. So 70%. So get your CRM in place and focus 70% of your day yeah. on following up. If you can handle those two things, then, I mean, you're probably, I would argue, 90% ahead of everyone else who's just winging it. It's just two things. Yeah, it, it's a hard two things, though. I, I, you know, we, I've always thought the best people uh, in service are always the ones that call you just before you call them, right? They call you and they're like, oh, hey, that thing, here's the answer. You don't have to call me again about it. You know, it's essentially what the message is. You don't have to call me about that thing. I've got it right. If, if that can be the, the client experience that they don't ever have to dial your number is like, to me, that's a wild success. So it's listen to the end. Like this should be the clip that we like tease people with. Yeah. Make it all the way to the end for the, you know, the primary useful piece of information. (laughs) Never. Yeah. That, 
I love it. We're, we're ending with the most valuable uh, 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 piece. I love that. And most obvious and mundane. But. Well, most obvious and mundane, but you know what? John Wooden, uh, who I, I believe is the most winningest coach. Socks. Tell me you're going to tell a Socks story. Oh, no. I don't. So this is the embarrassing part. I know nothing about sports. My, my, <laughs> the, the amount of information I have goes down about one millimeter into the water uh, for sports. I know nothing. Um, but... John Wooden um, was all about systems, processes, and oh, like shooting free throws, you know, 500 of them a day. Well, let me give you another one about Not John exciting, Wooden. but it works. Let me give you the first thing John Wooden taught his players yeah. was how to put on their socks appropriately yeah. to avoid blisters and athlete, athlete's foot. Sure. Well, you want more basic than that? Yeah, and winning as coach in NCAA history. Yeah. Also, put your socks on right, DJ. <laughs> also, never looked at the scoreboard. Because he said the scoreboard didn't tell him the yeah. information he wanted. Yeah. And that's a really, really interesting point. And, and, and so then it's like, okay, well, if he wasn't looking at the scoreboard, what was he looking at? He was looking at individual performance. performance. He was looking at each, because he would say, as you exit the court, only you know if you played well. You might have won or lost, but you could still feel good on a loss if you played well. Um, and so I think that's what really what we're talking about, right? We're talking about playing well. Like the results end up, well, your results have been... If you play well, the volume will show in our industry. Uh, amazing. Um, ben, thank you for uh, for coming on a second time. I am just uh, completely enamored. You're younger than me and, and just doing doing so many cool things in real estate. It's really impressive. Um, the Ben Lala's team uh, has taken over Chicago. Quite uh, be before you wrap up, I want to be the first to go on record saying that if there's ever someone to interview you, it's me. I would love because that. Because you need to be interviewed on the Keeping It Real podcast because what you have that not everyone has, because I haven't listened to every single episode, sorry, but you, how have, dare you? But you have been sitting across how many of me? Um, I think we've done about 400 of these. So. Yeah, so it's about time uh, yeah. you got interviewed and Everyone else can draw out the information from you. What I, what I will tell you is the funniest part of the whole, this whole thing for me, this podcast, is that I, uh, I always say I, I know the least amount about real estate than <laughs> anyone who listens, uh, certainly my guests, and, uh, and probably uh, all the ancillary people involved too. But I, what I, what I really that's love, bu that's bullshit. Well, it's, it, I've had it, conversations it's with you about real it, estate. That's yeah, it's absolute not nonsense. It's probably untrue, but, <laughs> but it's true enough in the sense that I just like talking to people who are exceptional. Who knows more about recruiting than you? Well, that's probably true. Okay. Who knows uh, more about title and finance and running a business? Can I than call you? you to, uh, to, to pump me up every morning. It's literally what you did at the start of this. I, I, I appreciate I'm going to ride high on your intro for the next like six <laughs> months. I, um, I, I am, I'm very, very grateful. And, uh, yeah, I, I probably downplay some of my uh, achievements, <laughs> but, um, but it, it is, uh, I, I'm truly honored to be here and to sit in this, in this room with Likewise. you. What you've accomplished, um, is remarkable. It, Thank you. It's just remarkable. And, for everyone out there, you really should be paying attention to what Ben and his team are doing. Go to Ben's website, benlalez.com, B-E-N-L-A-L-E-Z.com. Check out his team. They're amazing. Systems. Check out what they're doing with video, too. Watch them on social. Follow follow them. They're, they're, they're ahead of the curve. Copy they, us. Copy us. Yes, copy them. They're, uh, and and they're, just, they're just nice, nice people. So 
Uh, anyway, this is very uncomfortable for me because I am not in my normal chair, so I don't even know how to well, wrap do you, this thing Do you up. normally have like a special spin you do? I have a special, yeah. I, I spin and I, no, and I, no. But uh, I, on behalf of our audience, I want to say, Ben, thank you for, for coming on again, having me here in your conference room to film this episode. This is really special do we, for do me. Do we end with a hug or, come on. We can end with a hug, absolutely. Do we have to say a bit camera second? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Special way. You know, the, the best part about doing this show is I get to meet people like Ben. And <laughs> honestly, it, it truly is. And I don't, I don't mean that in, in any sort of, um, you know, false. Uh, in a pejorative way. <laughs> well, <laughs> that wouldn't be a pejorative statement. Oh, but, shoot. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, I, it's, it's really fun because when I meet people at your level, um, a lot of times I just find you know, I've, I've built friendships out of this, and I, I consider you a friend. Um, I'm I'm My proud heart. to consider you a friend, and um, you know, I I'm a big supporter of yours, and I just want to see you continue to grow, and you obviously are, and it's just fun to be part of the ride, I guess. I think that's what's most interesting about the podcast is I feel like I just get to be like passenger in cars of, that other people are driving, and I just get to sort of hang out and see what they're all about, and uh, you know, maybe it'll rub off on me one day, but. Uh, Anyway, thanks, Ben. I appreciate uh, you being on the show again. Yeah. Great to see you, my friend.